also like some of the analytics you get with premium because they allow you to spot check yourself and identify the reasons you're not getting a job if you're looking for one. One, it's your resume or your profile that isn't attracting the right eyeballs. Yeah. And again, you can see exactly who's looking at your at your profile. Number two is your interview skills. You're getting the interviews, you have the right profile, but something's happening in that interaction. And so you're not moving forward. Or three, it's just the jobs that you're applying for. You're yeah. applying for the wrong jobs, which again, you can see how you stack up against other candidates. The thing is, it's never usually all three. But without the additional insight, people focus on all three and they spread themselves too thin. In worst case scenario, they actually move away from something that's working for them instead of just focusing on the thing that's not. And so that's another benefit is that you can actually see what's working and what's not working. Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Julian. And today's episode is about LinkedIn. 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 Is it LinkedIn or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. LinkedIn? <laughs> LinkedIn. That sounds like LinkedIn. That's LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yes. First of all, happy Halloween. Shout out to spooky season. Right. <laughs> and it's actually kind of fitting that this is on Halloween because we're talking about whether LinkedIn premium, which is their paid tier, is actually worth it. And for a lot of people, there's nothing scarier than the idea of spending money on a service that you need to get a job because you already don't have enough money. <laughs> so it's like a it's like a catch 22 of There are definitely things scarier than that. <laughs> But I see what you're trying to do. You know what I mean. There's, no, there's nothing. I was trying scarier. to draw a bridge. I, I mean, make that, a link, that, if you will. See, okay, now that works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. So LinkedIn, it's like the forgotten social media platform, or forgot- the most overlooked in yeah, in, the, in some ways. The millionaire next door. Of it social is. I, I have so I, as I'm thinking about my own uh, experiences with the platform. I, I think my earliest memory of being on LinkedIn, it would have had to have been when I started working. Cause I don't believe I would have joined it uh, prior to working in corporate no. America. Uh, it, but I think it was something that I learned afterwards. I think I may have known about it, mm-hmm. but didn't really feel like it was something that was relevant for me. And I would say late two thousands when I started working in corporate is when I joined. And it was primarily because I was working with a lot of field teams at the mm-hmm. time. And I just wanted a, a little bit more sort of connection or visibility to them. I felt like there was a world where they all knew each other and yeah. I didn't know them. And it was really no way for me to do that because like unless there were like a few cases where they would all come into Atlanta and that only happened like, you know, once or twice a year. So I think that was probably one of the first things that yeah because that makes sense because back then it would have been taboo to like friend somebody on facebook correct you <laughs> like, wouldn't do that we're not friends but yeah so we are connections colleagues. maybe you recognize my email my name <laughs> and and you might even see like a different headshot or something like yeah. that but like the 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 distance between you and your coworkers back then was was real yeah even was even wide. when we all worked in the same building mm-hmm. like there was a huge distance uh, and so LinkedIn sort of created an opportunity for people uh, to connect. And I think what's been really interesting is to think about like that original purpose, uh, like not even just to connect people who work for the same company, but really just to connect applicants and and, uh, and hiring managers and employers and companies and all, all of those things. But 
the use case and, and just like the platform has evolved mm-hmm. so much over the years. I think one of the, the the two things that I really have come to enjoy about the platform is like original content from users. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of business leaders and thought leaders like rely on LinkedIn as a primary communication platform to mm-hmm. share their ideas or beliefs or, you know, to respond to a crisis. To tell like, stories. To tell stories. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all those things. And you see that not even just from, you know, executives, but entrepreneurs and, like, mm-hmm. really everyone. It's really, really great for that. Uh, but there's also, I suppose now that it's, like, what, 20-some-odd years old, I don't even know how old the platform is. But, like, there's so it much. It IPO'd under- in 2012. Okay. I think it might be knocking so on twenty. It's, yeah, it's probably twenty or thirty years yeah, it's old. It's knocking on it, but the, the, the data mm-hmm. and the perspectives that's coming from LinkedIn is something that yeah, I we're going to talk about that really, minute. really come to uh, appreciate, and I think it's one of the most overlooked areas of the platform. So that, in addition to a few other reasons, is why we're talking about uh, LinkedIn. But what, what about you? You remember when you first joined, or like, what's I... your earliest LinkedIn? <laughs> is that is that a date question? Yeah. <laughs> I actually can't remember when I joined LinkedIn. I think it was a couple of years after college when I was looking to relocate to Atlanta. Mm. I was living in Charlotte. And back then I would use LinkedIn to find jobs kind of within my network. Mm -hmm. And it did not have nearly as many features as it does right now. It pretty much catered to like linear career paths. Yeah. And it was more of this like digital resume meets Rolodex kind of situation. Yes. Yes. And now it's this platform where, like you said, it's the place to be seen and <laughs> to see yeah. other people. It's the hallway. It's like the yeah. universal <laughs> water workplace cooler. <laughs> water cooler hallway. Good thing you're not on the marketing team for LinkedIn. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what you should say. That's the commercial. Well, in preparing for this episode, one of the things that I found really interesting was the demographics of users. Yeah. So according to Statista, as of January 2022, nearly 60%, so over half of LinkedIn users worldwide were between the ages of 25 and 34. And then 60%? 60%. And then another 20% of users were between 18 and 24. So you've got 80% of the users between the ages of 18 and 34. But when you look in comparison at users older than 55 years old, it only made up 2.9% of the audience. And I was kind of shocked when I heard that. Does that surprise you that only 3%, not even 3% of people 55 years or older are using it? I don't know that I would say it's not, it's lower than I, I don't know. That That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds about right. I have a few people in mind uh, that I'm thinking of, uh, former coworkers and even family that are older. Mm-hmm. And as I think about their presence, like they're practically like it, beyond LinkedIn, like they don't have social media profiles yeah, digital at all. Footprint they, at they have all. no digital footprint mm-hmm. at all. And what you're, you're you're making me think of is like how long in the back of my mind I've been thinking like, ooh, like that's really risky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's really risky. And so now, and again, this is part of the reason why we're talking about this, as you start thinking about where many of them are professionally and arguably financially, like I think a lot of people are really kind of underestimating the the downfall of not having a social network uh, mm-hmm. during a time where you're looking for work or maybe pivoting from one career to another. Like you, it's really tough if you're breaking out now and trying to yeah. make a name for yourself. Like there's nothing that you can point to 
meanwhile, you're literally still learning how to use any of these platforms. So what's interesting is earlier today, I actually, I think I may have said this a couple of times, but like Facebook memories is like, (laughs) it's like really helpful for me. And it actually, it's, it's making this point where I get to look back to see what I was thinking about, what kinds of questions and experiences uh, I was having, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And a memory popped up from 13 years ago Mm. where I was asking a question about what's next. It was Mm -hmm. 2009. 29 years old and I was reflecting on my own journey around music and I was thinking about having seen vinyl records uh, uh, lose way to cassettes and then cassettes lose Mm -hmm. way to DVDs, DVDs now sort of at the time, you know, losing way to MP3s, which Mm -hmm. seemed absolutely revolutionary, but I was intrigued because I was also thinking about like how I felt CDs were revolutionary. So I asked the question, I was like, what's next? And I was combing through the comments and like no one, I mean, no one even had a clue. And I'm not saying like they're dumb. It was like, you you can't really imagine it. Uh, But the answer was cloud, streaming in the cloud, Mm -hmm. right? And Apple Music, I want to say, launched in 2015. So all of that to say, when I think about things like LinkedIn and the way that people think about networking and how to apply for jobs and how to identify what's possible, Mm -hmm. what's out there. A lot of people are pretty much like managing their careers on a Walkman at this point. (laughs) Seriously. Like that's how I think about it. It's like, dude, you you got a cassette player? Yeah. You have a cassette player. Yeah. You have a resume of like a literal printed piece of, like no one's really, we're not really doing it like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of risky. So yeah, all that to say, it does not surprise me. Yeah, like that generation, there's so few of them are on LinkedIn. And I'm willing to bet that even those that are on there are likely not fully utilizing the platform. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't want to pick on people that are 55 and older because it's not just it's not just them. Again, 80 percent of users are under the age of 34. Which made me wonder about us. So where's Gen X? Yeah, where's the 40 year olds? Like, where are the people who are in you know, or who are primed for their peak earning years because they have the 15 years of experience. They have the 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 relationships and the network and and the wisdom to actually get these higher paying roles. And it's like you don't even see them because you ain't on LinkedIn. I'm having a I'm having a light bulb moment. They are succumbing to the same downfall that I think yeah. this older generation. It's just earlier. Things are working in their minds so well, they don't really feel like they need more information, mm. even though they don't realize that, like, the end is coming soon. Those, the, you know, your high. I'm, I'm just, just being honest. <laughs> Halloween episode. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> so many of us so optimistic. We talk about this in our book. We all believe that we're all going to be earning the same amount of money for the foreseeable future, or if not more. Like that's what the vast majority of people believe. We feel comfortable and we build our financial lives around it and so on. So anyway, I don't want to lose track. Um, We're talking about LinkedIn. We're specifically talking about LinkedIn LinkedIn Premium, Premium, which is like the next level to LinkedIn, which no one's talking about. So we want to- We're going to get into into all of that. But I think I want to back the truck up and just start with the vision of the company and the point of it all. Because I do think that people still assume that it's only for people who are actively looking for work. And that's not really it Correct. at all anymore. Like, that's not the point. So as y'all know, every company has a vision statement that they kind of use as their North Star. And LinkedIn's is creating economic opportunity for every professional across the globe. Yep. And so the platform was initially created to help people tap into the value of their professional networks on the front end. But on the back end, 
The goal was to develop this infrastructure that could map all of those relationships up to three degrees of separation. So not just who you know, but who the people you know know, Mm -hmm. right? And in doing so, it would provide the foundation for mapping the world's professional relationships. So we've talked about billionaire bets on this podcast before. I think it was the Metaverse episode that we talked about it. But very similar to what Mark Zuckerberg did for Facebook and friendships, LinkedIn is trying to do for professional relationships. But the longer term vision was actually to extend that professional graph into an economic one and change the world's economy. Now, this is where we get into billionaire bets. Think about it. If you have a listing of every job opportunity and the skills required to get that job and the profiles for every single company that's offering a job and the professional profiles or people who already work in the jobs and the salary ranges, and the salary ranges and their resume inputs, and the geographic data yes. centered around where these applicants are. Yes, you could overlay you know, when people say uh, follow the money. Like, literally, you, you could. literally can follow the money. Literally. Yes. So you could overlay all of that professional knowledge and then connect people and capital money pretty easily. You could Mm -hmm. say, hey, Kansas City needs a bunch of people with this skill or China is looking for English speakers, whatever it is. Right. And we're starting to see that vision come to fruition after 20 or 30 years. We'll find out how old LinkedIn actually is. But like we're starting to see that come to fruition now. If you listen to episode 53, which was about upskilling to earn more money, You heard us talk about a skill called the Future of Skills data tool that LinkedIn had rolled out. And it was basically them taking all of their millions and millions of data inputs and allowing users to see how certain skills in a given area may have changed over time. You know, what subskills or related skills were tied to new roles, whether there was a greater demand for a specific role or a specific software, things like that that allowed you to focus on basically acquiring micro credentials instead of like going to university, you could just focus on learning, you know, Salesforce and, and open up a world of possibilities. So this stuff is already happening. They're starting to like cash in on their long-term vision. And it's pretty exciting to see. It's really interesting. One of the first things that come to mind is when you think about some of the cities that have created incentive programs to attract people from out of state if you have to stop and think about like where, how would they know, right? Like mm-hmm. our first thought, I think a lot of people uh, would think, and I, I certainly used to think, is that well, the colleges and universities, you'd reach out to them, and then the, your your answer might be, well, we're certainly there's tons of people that are qualified. I was like, yeah, just because you you have the degree does not necessarily mean that you're qualified yeah. for the roles. Uh, and, and to be able to do the jobs that are actually available, it would actually be smarter for leaders in that community to go to someone or a company like LinkedIn and be able to say, like, what is the actual size of the job pool here? And that's when you can get a real understanding of just like what the problem is. If you can't attract companies to come here because the applicants aren't here, what else can you do? And yeah. I think that's where a lot of those programs are probably starting. Now, granted, I don't know if they would have gone directly to LinkedIn or if they may have gone through like an agency that would likely then go to Use LinkedIn, LinkedIn yeah. right? Or something like that. It's a whole like ecosystem. That, for sure. But, but you saying college students actually made me think that LinkedIn is a great opportunity for young people to kind of skip past entry-level work. For sure. If you already know what skills and certifications and language you need for your resume, 
you can be entry level, but not look like it on paper, I'll take it a step which allows further. you to start at a much higher salary than some of your, your classmates. We've spoken before about uh, how difficult it is for people to assess the value of their degree. Mm-hmm. Who better to answer that question yeah, than, than LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn can tell you, well, this is what the, literally tell you, mm-hmm. like not the sort of glossy brochure version that a college is going to say, but well, this is the literal value of this degree. This is where your network is, right? Above and beyond a fraternity or a sorority. Yep. So it's, it's really, really interesting. Okay. So there's LinkedIn. We've obviously just given them a really great free commercial. We were not paid for this. <laughs> no. Um, but again, we feel like this is one of the most slept on overlooked social media platforms. And obviously when we think about people's abilities to earn more, the fact that so many of us are not on this platform Mm -hmm. is very telling telling and Mm -hmm. odd to me. And so this is one of the reasons why we're spending so much time talking about it. So there's LinkedIn. Obviously you can join it just like any other social media platform, but then there's like the HOV lane. Mm -hmm. There is the premium service, which is aptly called LinkedIn Premium. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what that is. Basically, it it just gives you sort of uh, superpowers. Yeah, the free version is restricted. Which is still great. It's still great. But when you get really active. Yeah, when you're really really cooking, like you really (laughs) want to be in in LinkedIn Premium. So obviously, you can create a free account. You can enjoy all the perks of the basic version. But when you become a really active user, you will notice and you run into some roadblocks and it's like, oh, there's a paywall here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so this is where the premium service comes in. Uh, They've got a variety of plans. I actually clicked on one a day. I, I didn't, actually didn't even know this. Last time I clicked on it, I feel like there were only two mm-hmm. versions. Now it looked like they were like upwards of five, sort of depending on your track, whether you were a recruiter or looking for jobs or you're a business owner and Sales so on. Professional, Sales yeah. professional. Uh, the price ranges are from 30 to $60 a month. Which If you're seeking employment. If you're seeking employment. They're and, higher if you are a recruiter or a sales professional. Right. And I already know like that Somebody's like, whew, yeah. sixty dollars. That's a yeah, you know, that's, that's a grocery like a, bill. That's a grocery bill, that's a data plan, <laughs> right? And I think we're also thinking about that relative to the cost of being on other social media platforms. I'm gonna mm-hmm. ask you to sort of compartmentalize that, yeah. that a little bit. Turn that part of your brain off. Like every other social media platform is free. Why would I pay? It ain't free. Let me let, it's not free, first of all. <laughs> let me tell you a couple of the benefits. So with a premium account, you just get more exposure, right? So if you are an applicant, you are looking for work, which we know a lot of our listeners are, a lot of people in general are, you can get special treatment. You mm-hmm. get this like a little label. It'll say, I'm a featured candidate. Yeah. Right? You can really refine your profile so that when people who have jobs or hiring managers or recruiters are out there looking, like they're more likely to look at a featured candidate versus the hundreds of other people yeah. who aren't. It right? literally brings your application to, to the, the top yeah. of the list and it highlights it. Correct. Like it's pretty, it's like featured candidate. Correct. Like and this it's not a crowded serious. space. Right? Yeah. Obviously with like some of the top jobs, top companies, it's going to be a little bit more crowded, but like it really does, which is why I don't, I'm not exaggerating when I refer to it as like the, as, as the HOV lane. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a bunch of people sitting in traffic <laughs> and there's the people in the HOV lane kind of zooming by. So yeah. that's, that's LinkedIn premium. A couple of other benefits. When you apply for jobs, you just get more information on the profiles of other applicants that help you understand how you're stacked up, which mm-hmm. that alone, mm-hmm. if you think about the imagination, like all of the assumptions involved in the standard process where you just apply 
and you start envisioning what's going to happen mm-hmm. and you might have a point of view on who you think is also applied for that mm-hmm. room. There's no there's no guessing yeah. when you're on LinkedIn Premium. You can literally see you're one of 291 mm-hmm. applicants. Most you're, of them have this You're skill. one of seven uh premium or top applicants you're the only, i mean it just goes on and on and on so that you just have a you develop a completely different sense of viability than you would otherwise like most people are literally just hoping out there hoping that whatever they believe is going to work and that their name is going to cut through a couple of other things with respect to visibility you can see who clicked on your profile using sort of traditional language. That's like saying you apply for a job or you apply on a job board or something like that. You can see who picked it up, mm-hmm. who's looking at it, who's reviewing it, that sort of thing. What company are they? Then you can obviously see like what jobs are available at that company. You have the ability to communicate with people directly. They have a feature called InMail, which we'll talk about uh, in just a few minutes, but like it gives you the ability to just reach out to play mm-hmm. a little bit more aggressively and say, hey, I see this job is available or I see based on this article that you guys are looking to grow uh, and attract people in this area. I happen to have those skills and so on. Last thing I'll say is they have uh, a complete library of learning uh, that is available to you that you're just sort of given. Like you have mm-hmm. access to that. And so you think about the benefits of educational tools like Masterclass or some of these other corporate retention tools where they've got a handful of workshops and things that you can take, or maybe there's a partnership with a local school. You get all of that stuff. You can take yeah. as many courses as you want, as often as you want uh, with LinkedIn Premium. And so going back to the price for an yeah. applicant, like $30 a month for having something like that to create a different level of competitiveness within you or self-development. Like I, I think it's, it's definitely something worthy of consideration. Yes. All right. Now that we've explained what it is and who it's for, the question we're trying to answer on this podcast is whether it's worth it. And I feel like I already know your answer <laughs> based on how you've been positioning all the features, but let's just make sure that we agree on the count of three. We're both going to say our answers. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Three. Yes, yes if. Yes. You, you ain't got no disclaimer? No caveat. <laughs> yes. I think yes. it's worth it. If. My answer is yes, if. Why if? Yes, if you begin with the end in mind. I know I keep referencing older older episodes that we've done, but we actually did an episode last year where we shared our thought process when we're deciding whether to level up and pay for something, whether it's a course or a closed community or an upgraded experience, whatever it is. And one of the criteria that we have was that we walk into these situations believing there should be an end to it, that it's not a forever expense. And I just feel like it is much easier to wrap your head around the idea of spending $250 for, you know, five months of access versus the idea of taking on another $50 bill in an already tight budget. So I think it's important if you are interested in this, that you set measurable and specific goals and outcomes before you decide whether it's worth it. Because after you decide what you want to accomplish, you can, one, see if you're maximizing the free version and using all the functions already that are already there towards that goal. Like if you ain't doing that, start there. 
And then two, you can actually start to search for other success stories from other premium users and follow their blueprint. So if you look on YouTube or even just on LinkedIn, there are tons of premium evangelists that talk about how they were able to use the service to land jobs or to get clients or to close sales. And so you can start to see how they use it and assuming that your goals are aligned. Yeah, look, I I, I agree. Uh, I just I don't even have time for a caveat. I think it's a no brainer. We're talking about three hundred and sixty dollars a year, which is a drop in the bucket to be in the HOV lane of job applicants in a world where uh, it's been proven time and time again that your ability to kind of job hop is one of the strongest ways to balloon your income. So, Mm -hmm. yes, I think anyone who is serious about increasing their income, I think, should be willing to spend $360 a month. I also think- A year. A year, excuse me. I also believe that even when you just think about the idea of networking, it's something that a lot of people just don't have the time to do. We all know it's important, but between children and groceries and just general adulting and traffic, like it's it's one of those things that's really difficult what doing it online or in this type of forum allows you to do is to still keep a pulse check on the movers and shakers and, you know, maybe a new industry that you're curious about, but also just to maintain your own uh, types uh, of self-promotion so that you are attracting people uh, who might be looking for someone like you uh, and ensuring that you're top of mind. I think all of those things are well worth uh, the cost, uh, the job, uh, the top applicant feature alone, because you also have to think about it this way. It's not just a matter of saying I applied for a job, uh, therefore, and I can see that I'm the top applicant. You will see whether or not you're like top applicant worthy, right? Like from the beginning. So it's not yeah. something that happens after the fact. Like so, imagine a world where you've got 100 jobs that are in front of you. But there are 15 of them that LinkedIn is saying you're, you would be considered a top applicant for. Like that is such a time saver, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you think about the way that LinkedIn even promotes it, because I clicked on it today, to be completely fair, right? I used to be a LinkedIn premium member back when I was working in corporate America. I'm not anymore. I am reevaluating that after doing some more research mm-hmm. on it uh, in preparation for this episode. But the way that they promote it, I I thought was 100% correct. And the line was as simple as saying, members get jobs twice as fast on average. Yeah. Right? Like, this is about, like... Speed. Speed. Mm-hmm. Your ability to identify and respond and be found so that you can earn more money and find the right company or job that you're looking for. Like, that's what this is about. Yes. Instead of swirling around all the time. Like, to me, hence, I, I didn't, I did not plan this, but, like... I, I may reach out to them with the HOV lane thing because like, this is about speed. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is definitely uh, appropriate. I also love the point you said about being found, right? Because the more you hide and, and hiding in this context is not having a, a digital footprint, the more you hide, the harder it is to find and attract the job that's right for you. Yeah. And I think this is especially true for people who who say they love what they do. Because if you want to continue doing what you love, perhaps maybe even for more money or a more flexible schedule, then you should let everyone know how much you love it. Yeah. Right? You can show potential clients what you bring to the table simply by posting a few photos every week or being open about what you learned or what's changed in your field over Here the years. Here are my takeaways from this article. Yeah. Like, yeah. But if you don't do that and something happens, 
right? You lose your job, you get laid off, you need to take a leave, whatever it is. If something happens, you're leaving the likelihood that you'll land something that you love to the randomness of having a resume speak for you, right? Imagine hiring a wedding photographer who didn't have an online portfolio, right? (laughs) This is the equivalent. How else can people understand the value that you bring when they search for you online? How how do you stand out if if you're not there? Yeah. All right. So another great feature, we've obviously spent a lot of time combing through some of the uh, the big ones. And, and I alluded to this earlier, uh, but there's a really, really great feature uh, called InMail, I-N-M-A-I-L. And this is basically LinkedIn's version of DMs, right? Yes, minus the spam. Right, minus <laughs> the, the spam. I will say one of the things that I've noticed uh, in the last uh, year or so is like I've been hit up quite a bit. And, and I think that actually has more to do with the growth and visibility of our platform. Yeah, your profile like, is people excellent. People have been... Uh, reaching out and saying, hey, I see this, would love to partner with you, that sort of thing. So I've been getting a lot of cold pitches. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what that would look like or feel like uh, as an employee. But I do know that when you think about the availability or let's say an opportunity presents itself and you want to reach out to the person who was heading up that initiative, you can, you know, if you were to just send an email, first of all, good luck trying to find an email, yeah. of, like the actual email Right. Like it, it, it almost doesn't exist. Uh, in some cases, you can kind of guess what someone's email is if you have and you understand how uh, that particular company organizes them based on names and stuff. But like if you wanted to reach out to a hiring manager at a company, like you don't have the email address. You can't do that. So if that person is on LinkedIn, you can just reach out to them using LinkedIn mail or in mail, uh, which is like that alone just gives you ability to do that. But you can't do that if you don't have LinkedIn premium. Correct. You can't you reach to out be... to people who you aren't connected to. Correct. In mail allows you to reach out to anybody, whether you're connected or not. Right. But it's it's like a credit system. So yes. as, as you join uh, the program, you get X amount of credits a month, which gives you X amount of opportunities to uh, reach out to people. So use them wisely. Uh, Because again, like out of respect, like no one welcomes like being pitched every single day. And so there's a bit of a limit to it. My own experience with this uh, recently, which is why I'm reevaluating it, is because as we were preparing for our book tour, I remember when Kirsten and I uh, was thinking about potential partners, uh, one of them came to mind. I was like, wow, that would be really, really cool. Let's pitch them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had the idea. We loved the idea, but I couldn't reach out to the person. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh. Luckily, I could see that we had a mutual connection. It was someone that had worked with them in the past. I reached out to them and said, hey, I can't reach out to her. And so he then sent an email, copied me, or an in-mail, mm-hmm. copied me on it and said, hey, I want to introduce you to Julian. Him and his wife are doing amazing things. It still took a while. Uh, I came to learn that that had much more to do with like what was going on internally at mm-hmm. the company. But I could have avoided that entire process, right? I I didn't have to reach out to uh, our mutual connection, wait for him to respond, and then Mm -hmm. sort of craft an email or figure out whether now is the right time. Like when you have InMail, when you are a part of LinkedIn Premium, you can bypass that entire process and go straight to the person that you're trying to reach, which again, time. It took a couple of days and days mattered at that time because we were really looking for a sponsor. It didn't work out, but we're now connected and we, mm-hmm. you know, can now communicate. And I really don't have to worry about that. But all of that could have been bypassed yeah. if I was a LinkedIn premium member. Yeah, we all know that most people get jobs by using their network. And the reality is you truly only need one or two well-employed people to help you get a job. Yeah. So once you have this 
capability, you can really start to use it to your advantage. It's a great feature for people who have limited networks because of their geographic region, or maybe they're looking to break into a new career and are hoping for connections. According to LinkedIn, InMail is 2.6 times more effective than emails alone. So worth it there. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. I also like some of the analytics you get with premium because they allow you to spot check yourself and identify the reasons you're not getting a job if you're looking for one. So typically the reasons really boil down to three things. One, it's your resume or your profile that isn't attracting the right eyeballs. And again, you can see exactly who's looking at your at your profile. Number two is your interview skills. You're getting the interviews, you have the right profile, but something's happening in that interaction, and so you're not moving forward. Or three, it's just the jobs that you're applying for. You're applying for the wrong jobs, which again, you can see how you stack up against other candidates. The thing is, it's never usually all three. It's never usually all of those things that's stopping you from getting a job, but without the additional insight, people focus on all three and they spread themselves too thin In worst case scenario, they actually move away from something that's working for them instead of just focusing on the thing that's not. And so that's another benefit is that you can actually see what's working and what's not working. Yeah. I would add one other point, which I've really come to appreciate this year, which is uh, the halo effect that LinkedIn really helps to amplify. And so what I mean by that is, if I post something, uh, like recently we wrote an article that was featured in Success Magazine. This is their, I believe, November, December money issue. It's all about helping people get right uh, financially for the new year. And I posted the article and I can see who clicked on it, obviously. But the cool part is the people who are connected to the people who clicked on it can see that those people liked it, right? Mm -hmm. So if I wanted, uh, let's say uh, I'm I'm friends with several people who are executives in marketing, they click on it and then I can see that, well, wow, well, his connection, the CEO of, I'm just making it up, Delta also Mm -hmm. clicked on it. And I can't see that now, but what I can see, uh, which is still very helpful is, oh, well, you know, 10 chief executive officers saw this article, five directors, uh, 45 founders of companies saw this article, right? So it gives you so much more visibility. It's not just a like or something like that. You can get a feel for how and where your work is uh, being amplified and who's liking it and the true value of your extended network. And and I think there's just a lot of value to that because it helps you and encourages you, I think, to create more content mm-hmm. and more content like that, uh, which is a, a type of insight that I think some of the other platforms give you, but don't really give you in a way that can actually help progress your professional career. Absolutely. And as a result, your earning potential. So Let's wrap it up. Final thoughts. Um, let's see if you back away from your caveat a little bit. <laughs> just, just make a decision. Tell All us, right. Tell Final us. thought is I am bullish on. I feel like Jim Cramer. <laughs> I'm bullish on LinkedIn. I really, I really like it because you should be Jim Cramer for Halloween. That would be fun. I like LinkedIn because it's trying to move us away from being these old school tactical networkers. You know, the ones who just focus on like 
crashing happy hours and dominating the conversation or cold calling important people, it pushes us away from that and forces us to build off the existing relationships that we already have. It shows us every day via our timeline that these existing relationships that we have create a social network, like literally, not just like figuratively. And you can meet new people through people you already know. And in sales, we call that a warm lead. But when we think about finances, we tend to focus on financial capital, just like dollars and cents, money. But that's just one form of capital. Social capital can be just as lucrative. Toni Morrison once said, in the absence of so many support systems, we are it for each other. So you have to work at your friendships with the same seriousness that you did when you went to school. So just keep that in mind that like, Growing and maintaining your professional relationships is a huge, huge money lead, like money attractor, money magnet. <laughs> like it's just something that you should not undervalue as we go into these, you know, uncertain times. Agreed. Agreed. I am still bullish uh, or not bullish. Like I'm pro LinkedIn. I am all for it. I think it is a must for people. Uh, there are several reasons why. I, I think the first one, because uh, the power dynamic between employee and employers is one that I've, I've grown increasingly sensitive to. Uh, that is probably the number one reason why I'm so big on it, because I think it helps to uh, give people the ability to peek behind the curtain of how decisions are made, uh, how hiring decisions are made. You can literally map back to see how connections are made. uh, And I think that in and of itself is a really powerful tool and allows people who are looking for jobs or looking to promote their work, it just gives them the ability to do that with much greater specificity, uh, which obviously has a direct impact on their ability to close deals and get the job. From a strictly financial standpoint, the other reason why I say it's a no-brainer is because it's tax deductible, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's literally considered, you know, a a sort of job-related expense. And so if you're a job applicant, no different than I remember back in the day where, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you go ahead and buy the the (laughs) high-quality thick paper because it's a a tax write-off or, oh, you know. Any of the other job professional services, the coaching and all those things are tax write-offs. Well, so is LinkedIn Premium. And so Mm -hmm. do yourself the favor and sort of usher yourself into uh, this new era of technology and take full advantage of all the tools that are available to you. And the same is true if you're self-employed, right, which we are. And so for us, which is why I say it's a bit of a no-brainer, I I would say the only reason why I've not been doing is because I actually have been trying to also unplug a little bit. So I want like less time spent online, more time spent in the real world and focused on other things. But for the vast majority of people, I I think it is 100 percent an overlooked and incredibly powerful tool uh, that I think can help more of us make more money. So yes, yes. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the rich and regular podcast presented by success. If you like what you heard, then go ahead and put the link in your browser for the ratings and review page Mm. and leave us a five star Mm. one. (laughs) Five star one. (laughs) I meant to say one with five stars. Leave us a review with five. So y'all know what I mean. Just hit the, Put the link in the bio. Get the, you see what I did? Put the link in for LinkedIn. Anyway, we'll mm. see y'all next week. Thank you, guys. <laughs>